0: Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll start off with full disclosure. (laughs) And full disclosure means if you ever laugh at people who are prophetic, if you ever giggle at the supernatural realm and things that people say and people who move in that realm, Just be really careful because God has a sense of humor. And I say that because I've experienced that. And here I am today. So thank you, God, for your sense of humor. But um, anyway, it's a great pleasure to be here this morning. And like Steve says, I'm going to be speaking on our theme for this month, which is called Welcoming Jesus. And uh, this morning, I'd like to focus on the supernatural, on signs, wonders, miracles, the prophetic realm surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. And um, I would like to start by going forward. And what does that mean? It means that... Um, in the book of Revelation, in uh, verse 19, sorry, in chapter 19 and verse 10, an angel comes to John. He's having this vision that God is giving him about the revelation. He's receiving the revelation. An angel comes to John, and John bows down in reverence, and he is about to worship this angel. And the angel says, "No, no, no! Don't worship me. I'm a fellow servant with you uh, um, in, in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ." And he says that the spirit of prophecy is a testimony to Jesus. So right through from the time that Jesus made his entrance onto the earth, right through to revelation, Jesus, who is also a prophet because he moves in the fivefold ministries, is a testimony. When we move in the prophetic, we are testifying to Jesus. And I want to say that, you know, some of us may not believe that supernatural occurrences take place today. But We have proof in the New Testament that even though Jesus was resurrected to heaven, those angelic demonstrations and prophetic symbolism did not stop. We can still experience that in our lives today. I want you to take a moment right now. Let's just take a moment. I feel like we just need to pray. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that your presence is with us. And Lord, I'm asking that even as I would share on the supernatural and prophetic symbolism on the birth of your son, God, that in every home right now, Father, that each one will receive a new revelation from you. God, I'm asking that Christmas will take a whole new meaning for your children. God, I'm asking that this Christmas we will welcome Jesus like we have never welcomed him before. And so, Lord, I'm asking, let your glory go forth right now and let your word, O Lord God, be brought forward in the power and the anointing and the unction of your Holy Spirit. And so, how does it start? It starts in the book of Luke. And in Matthew, there's some in Matthew, but I'm going to focus a little bit on Luke right now. It starts off, prophetic symbolism and supernatural occurrences start off right off the bat. At the, at the entrance of Jesus on the earth. How does it start? We got angels everywhere. Gabriel comes and he speaks to Zechariah. And Zechariah says, I am not Zechariah." that is. He says, um, are you sure about this? He says, I'm an old man. Now Gabriel gets a little miffed at this. I'm telling you about this great awesome thing that's going to happen in your life. And you're telling me, you're asking me questions. So Gabriel gets a little bit miffed. I don't know if angels get miffed. I say he got miffed. And he goes to Zechariah. Okay, fine. You won't be able to speak now. You'll be a mute until your son is actually born. So what happens after? We're going to fast track after that. Angel, again, angel goes to Mary. And he says, Mary, you know, you have found favor with God and you're going to, be, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to carry this child and you're going to call, name him Jesus. And he tells her all of this. And what does Mary say? Mary says, but how can this be? I'm a virgin. How can this be? And, um, and, uh, and in essence, what she is saying is this is impossible. This is impossible. How can this be? And, um, and, you know, the, and, and, uh, Gabriel says to her, this can happen. Mary was questioning how something this impossible could happen to her. And it's interesting that Jesus during his ministry, he talks about what is impossible with man is possible with God. So we need to remember that this Christmas as we welcome Jesus, remember that what is impossible with man is possible with God. Now, Jewish people are very familiar with angels. It's all over the Old Testament. It's in, you know, for the Jewish people in the Torah, they, they, have, they know about angelic uh, encounters. So Zechariah and, and, um, and uh, Mary are not so surprised by this because they're familiar with angels. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, if I'm in Gabriel and I'm coming to tell, you know, what Gabriel says to Zechariah, he says, Listen, I spent time in the presence of God. Do you know that? And he sent me with a message for you. And I'm thinking, poor Gabriel. He comes with this message and they're asking him questions. Now you need to remember that um, we only hear about Gabriel three times in the Bible. The first time was when he went to visit Daniel to bring Daniel a very important message about what was going to happen to the Jewish people and they were going to go into exile and, and you know into captivity. When he goes to Daniel, Daniel bows low before Gabriel, you know, and he receives the word. Now the Old Testament is about about just over three quarters of the Bible. And the only other time we hear about Gabriel is twice in the New Testament, a small portion of the Bible, twice. I believe that Gabriel was created for just this reason, to come and bring the news of Messiah coming, to bring this important message. So it, let's, let's go a little bit to Luke. In Luke, um, Luke talks so much about the birth of Jesus. Why does Luke talk so much about the birth of Jesus? When we look at Matthew, Matthew, is, um, Matthew talks more about the facts. Luke talks so much about the supernatural. Now, I want you to remember that in the New Testament, right off the bat, we see angels, we see supernatural occurrences, we see prophetic symbolism. What does that mean? We see Zechariah start, uh, start to prophesy. Elizabeth, when she meets Mary, she starts prophesying. We've got the angel Gabriel appearing to them. Jesus is brought into the temple on the eighth day to be dedicated to the Lord. Anna and Simeon are in the temple and they start to prophesy. You know what that reminds me a little bit like? When I first came here in 1996 to catch the fire, walked in the door, it was like either people were trying to hug you or they were trying to prophesy over you. It was crazy, but listen, it was so foreign to me. And I would try and I'd make a beeline away from people, you know, when I see them approaching me. But you know what? Today, I miss it. Don't you guys miss it? Walking in and having people just laying hands on you and prophesying over you and wanting to hug you? Yeah, we all do miss it. So throughout God's, throughout Jesus' existence and his walk on the earth, we see several times the prophetic being fulfilled. We see new prophetic words coming to life, we see supernatural occurrences, and we see symbolism. So let's talk a little bit about Matthew. So when, when Matthew writes about the birth of Jesus, you know, he's he's an accountant. Let's call him an accountant. Um, he was a tax collector. So Matthew is a man about the facts. He writes about the facts of what happened around Jesus' birth. And he gives us genealogy. So he's a man who's talking about the facts of what happens when Jesus was born. When we look at Luke, Luke on the other hand, he gives a really great account of the supernatural, supernatural occurrences that happened at that time. Doesn't that make you wonder a little bit? Luke is a physician and he's the one who's writing about all of the angels and the the prophetic symbols and the supernatural around Jesus's birth. I believe that Luke as a physician was challenged in his heart that how could this happen, that a virgin would give birth? And therefore, he outlined every occurrence that he could, he could surrounding Jesus' birth so that we would know this was an exclusive move of our God in heaven and a miraculous way to bring his son into the earth. Come on. Does that make you excited? Great. Well, let's continue along in this story. Joseph now has a dream. Do you know that dreams are prophetic? Dreams can be prophetic. I don't mean the ones that we have after we have a real heavy meal and we take a few Zantac before going to bed. I'm talking about a dream that when you know that you know that you know that this dream is from God, you know. Did I say you know enough times? Yeah. So Joseph now, who was going to divorce Mary because she was found pregnant, has a prophetic dream. An angel comes to him in the dream and says, Joseph, don't don't divorce Mary. This is a holy thing that's happening here. Joseph wakes up and he decides that he won't do that. Now, this is really interesting because Joseph, in Matthew chapter 1, it says that Joseph was a man who followed the law. He was a man who followed the law, a good Jewish man. And in essence, Joseph should have actually divorced Mary. But here's the thing. When we have a prophetic dream from God and we know that we know, I tell you that grace trumps law. And that's what happened with Joseph. He decided to put the law aside and move in grace. And it's so prophetic that Jesus himself came to take us from under the bondage of law into a life of grace with him. Is that not interesting? I love that Joseph decides to do this. You know, you need to pay attention to your dreams. Why do I say that? In 2017, it was the spring of 2017, I had two consecutive dreams about something impacting happening in the world. And I remember I wrote out the dreams and I sent it to my leaders and part of the dream was I saw all of these people running to big box stores and buying food and, and, and supplies in bulk and there, was, there were lineups everywhere and there was much mayhem going on. And then I saw planes landing and all of a sudden they could not leave anymore. Planes were grounded, there were no planes flying in the world and families were all sequestered in their homes. I did not have the full revelation of that dream, but when we entered March of this year, I pulled up the dream, read it, and I shared it uh, with Stephen, Sandra, and we talked a little bit about this. Now, I did not have the full revelation of the dream when God gave it to me, but I believed that the Lord was showing me what I needed to prepare for and how I needed to prepare. Because when when I had that dream, I knew that God was speaking something. And I started to dig into God. I started to chase after God. I started to question Him. I started to ask those those questions that I wouldn't normally ask and get into a place of preparation for whatever it is that I felt God was speaking to me in that dream. Come on, if you have dreams, you need to start to write them down. So let's go a little bit. We're going to fast forward again. Joseph takes his wife Mary to Bethlehem. He's going there for a census. He was born in Bethlehem out of the line of David, which fulfills the prophetic word that Jesus would come out of the line of David. So they're in Bethlehem and they have nowhere to stay. I mean, can you imagine? I've been in that situation before where you check, you check every hotel in town and there is not a room to be had. But thankfully, God always provides And Joseph and Mary are given a stable and they're asked to go there and spend a night. And while they're there, Jesus is born. Can you imagine? I mean, I'd love to share a little bit on this, but I want to keep going ahead. I want to say to all you ladies who have had children, have babies, and those that will be having babies, I believe that what happened with Mary at that time, I mean, you think about this. She's about 14 years old, 15, let's say, 16, maybe max. She's pregnant. In a situation where she's not yet, you know, she hasn't, uh, uh, she hasn't married her husband. She hasn't consummated her marriage with her husband. She's pregnant and no mom around, no midwife, no doula. She's in the middle of a stable having a baby with Joseph beside her. I want to say right now, ladies... I can't share it all with you, but I believe that Mary experienced supernatural childbirth, and I want you to believe right now if you're pregnant that God will help you to have supernatural childbirth. You need to believe and pray for it, yeah? Come on. Okay, so we are in Luke chapter 2 now, and it says in verse 4, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, there came a, ta- there came a ta- the time for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. She placed Jesus in a manger. A manger is a water trough from, what, uh, from which animals drink. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory of the Lord shone around them and all around them. And they were terrified. The glory of the Lord shone all around them. Come on, just receive glory in your house right now. Take a moment. When God's glory come among us, I'm telling you, it is just astounding. You know, the Bible says only light can drive out darkness. And I say right now that the glory of God is coming into your house. You just need to receive it and say, yes, God, let your glory come. Let your glory come now, Lord. Like it did that night when the angel appeared to the shepherds. And it says they were terrified. They were terrified. You know, we have gotten so used to being in the glory and the presence of the Lord. We don't get terrified. We get thankful. Every time he comes with his presence, we get thankful. And it says in verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. Angel says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. I often wonder why did God choose to send the angel to the shepherds? These are just very humble, lowly people in a field. They're looking after sheep. You know, sheep in in the old in ancient Israel, um, the sheep were typically looked after by the youngest of the family. And as they grew older, then they would join their fathers in the the family business, whatever that is. So at this point in time, you've got all of these shepherds. Now, these shepherds, it doesn't tell us if they're adults or not, but it feels like they're adult men. And these shepherds, why would God choose shepherds? You see, because shepherds were considered humble and lowly. And, you know, they, they would be honored that God would come to speak to them through an angel. I mean, why did God not send the angels to the leaders of Israel to say Messiah is born? Here he comes to these shepherds. And it reminds me of what Jesus says in John 10, 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus, even at his birth, is demonstrating the nature of who he is, a prophetic symbolism of who Jesus would be to us, and that we would be able to hear his voice. As Jesus said, I'm the shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice. The other reason that I believe that God would use shepherds is shepherds carry a a staff. And And out of that staff, in ancient times, Uh, the, The origin of a scepter that a king carries comes from the shepherd's staff. And kings back in those days were called to shepherd their people with protection and authority. And therefore the shepherds are symbolizing they've come to worship the king, carrying their staffs, but this king would one day rule with a scepter of righteousness. And that is a prophetic symbolism of the shepherds being there. David himself, if we remember, was a shepherd. And he... He went from being a shepherd into, into a king. Why shepherds? Jesus himself says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, learn from me because I am humble. Jesus, God is looking for the humility within us. We are in a place right now where I think even if we wanted to come out of that place of being humbled, we have no choice. Our setting, the rules around us, the, the conditions under which we live has brought us to a very humble place. And that is how Jesus started out in the manger. And he stayed humble throughout his ministry on the earth. It's interesting that in in verse 12, the angel said to the shepherds, he said this, I don't know if it's a he or she, but the angel said, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, cloths, the word there means cloths, like strips of cloths, lying in a manger. Why was the angel saying that? There's a sign that you need to have so that you will know how to find the Messiah. Maybe the shepherds would have gone into the inn thinking the Messiah was born in the most beautiful room in in the inn. And the angel said, no, you'll find him lying, wrapped in cloths in a manger. Now, why would that mean anything to shepherds? Well, in old Israel... During the springtime, when lambs were being born, the Levitical priests would leave Jerusalem and they would come to Bethlehem where the lambs were were going to be birthed in the springtime. And there was a tower in the field that the priests would go and they would stand on the tower and they would watch over the sheep and they would watch to see when the sheep would go into labor. And as soon as they saw a sheep going to labor, they would pick up the sheep and bring it into the tower in a safe, clean place, and a lamb would be born. And when the lamb was born, the priests would take the lamb, watch it, examine it, and check it to make sure there were no defects on the lamb, that it was pure and it was perfect. And then they would take this beautiful little lamb and they would take pieces of their undergarments. You know, priests were all layers and layers of garments. They would take pieces of their undergarments and they would tear it up in pieces and they would wrap the lamb in these cloths and they would put the lamb in a stone trough to keep it safe, unharmed, and to keep it perfect. Isn't God just amazing? So incredible. So incredible. That the shepherds, when the angel said to the shepherds, this is the sign that you need to look for. This is the sign that this is the Messiah. He will be wrapped in cloths and lying in a stone trough in, in, in a stable. And Jesus himself in the Bible is called the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And this is where God is demonstrating very prophetically the way that Jesus came into the earth in a very humble place, having shepherds come to visit him and being placed in a manger That. Jesus himself would be wrapped in priestly clothes from the time he made his entrance into the world. I don't know where Mary got the strips of cloth from. I don't know if she brought it from, from Jerusalem. I don't know if it was there for the, in preparation for the springtime, for the lambs to be born. But Jesus was wrapped in these cloths depicting that he would be our great priest. I love, I love, I love how God demonstrates his prophetic will Throughout the birth of Jesus. And you know, when the, when the shepherds came to welcome Jesus, they came in a place of humility. They came in a place of reception. There was no doubt in their hearts. The angel had told them they came, they saw Jesus, and they welcomed him as Messiah. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, and glory shone all around. It says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want to say to you that this Christmas somehow mirrors a little bit of the first Christmas. What do I mean by that? We are all in lockdown. At that Christmas, Joseph took his wife, Mary, and on a long journey, I don't know if she walked, we, you know, we depict them being, uh, having her riding on a donkey. He brought her on a long trip. He had to go for the census to be counted. There was so much going on in Israel at that time. And it feels like this Christmas, there's so much going on around us. But I want to say to you today, welcome Jesus in your home like you've never welcomed him before. Do not let any of the, uh, of, the, of the happenings around us and the occurrences around us prevent you from welcoming, welcoming the King of kings, the Lord of lords into your home and watch the glory of God come into your home. Take time. Yes, bake the cookies, cook the turkey, even if it's, a, if it's two of you. That's my house, two of us. Big, to cook, you know, do whatever you do. But I believe this Christmas, we have less, less hubbub around us and less, less activity that allows us to welcome Jesus in a beautiful way and allow his presence to come. Oh, Rabasita Ramashanda. June 21st of this year, right here, was the first day that we opened up again to have church after the first lockdown. And I remember I released a word and the Lord said to me that it, from, from the, the last quarter of this year was going to be very, very active. And he says, it's going to be like a roller coaster. It's going to be up and down. We're going to see things happen that we weren't expecting. But he said to me, watch out for December. He says, watch out for December. And towards the end of December, that he was going to come in his glory. That we are to expect more glory. That God is going to move in signs and wonders and miracles. And that we, that that great harvest that we've been planning and waiting for, God is going to start to move in the direction of that harvest. On October the 5th, I had another word from the Lord. And uh, I shared it at our uh, pastor's gathering. But God came very strongly to me one day and he said, Lillian, brace yourself. And I said, brace yourself. That's a very different word. And the Lord says, brace yourself. I can't share the whole word today because it's long, but I want to say what God was saying is, brace yourself. Tell people to brace themselves because I'm about to release glory from the heavens upon my people. The glory of the Lord is going to come like it came from Moses on the side of that mountain that God had to hide Moses in the cleft of the rock so that his glory could pass before him. I want to say to you today, prepare for glory. Prepare as we, as we welcome Jesus this Christmas. Prepare because glory is about to come on the face of the earth. And the more expectant we are, the more we are going to receive. Oh, Rabbasi. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Luke two nineteen, it says, That when the shepherds had come, and they had visited the child, and you know, it says that Mary was amazed. She was amazed, but it says what Mary did, was that she pondered all of this in her heart. What was Mary pondering? She was pondering the prophetic word that the, the angel came and spoke to her. She was pondering the truth that Joseph did not leave her by the wayside or have her stoned for adultery. She was pondering how this child was born. And she's pondering how these shepherds came to pay homage, to pay reverence to this child. Mary kept all those things in her heart because she knew that God had given her a promise. And I feel like God is saying to us today, we need to start to ponder again. We need to start to ponder the promises that God gave us. We need to start to ponder the supernatural and the miracles and the signs and wonders that we have experienced in our lives and in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So I encourage you today, please start to ponder and look to God to bring a fulfillment to those things that He has spoken to you. We're going to go back a little bit to Matthew. You know, Matthew um, he spoke a little bit about the beginnings of Jesus' life. One thing that he mentioned here that is very important is when the Magi came to visit Jesus. And uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 2 and verse 2, it talks about them coming and going to the king, um, king Herod to ask where the king was born. So, you know, when we think about the Magi, first of all, we don't know if it's two or three or six or ten of them. It just says Magi. Singular and plural, it's all Magi. And sometimes we call them wise men. Sometimes we call them kings. You know, we sing this song, we three kings of Orient are, right, bearing gifts. We travel so far. But here the Magi that we're talking about, they were astronomers. They read the stars. They look to the skies, they watch how the stars moved and they got signs out of the stars. And you know, we call them wise men, but right here I would say is proof that they weren't so wise. Why do I say that? The wise men, the Magi come and they go to King Herod and says to him, you know, we heard the king of the Jews has been born, show us where we can go and worship him. Well, nobody goes to a reigning king to ask where his successor is found because in those days they would just put them to death. And that's essentially what Herod did. But the Magi came to the child, and they brought him gifts. They brought him particular gifts. Have you ever wondered what those gifts mean? Well, I'm going to tell you that these are prophetic symbolism of Jesus himself. They brought three gifts to Jesus. The first one was gold. And typically in those days, gold was brought as an offering to kings, Gold and silver were the precious metals that were brought to kings as a present. And the magi were demonstrating a prophetic symbolism here and saying that Jesus Christ is king who is worthy of receiving gold. And they laid gold at his feet. The The second gift that they brought him was frankincense. And frankincense is used in the temple by the priest when they make sacrifices to burn incense unto the Lord. And that's what, that is what's been demonstrated here, that Jesus Christ would be our priest forever. He is king and he is priest. And the last gift that they brought, they, they brought to him was myrrh. Myrrh in those days was used for several reasons. You would take it internally for digestive issues. Myrrh was also used for embalming bodies. And this was a prophetic symbol of Jesus leaving the earth, would be, would, would, would be wrapped in myrrh. He was also offered myrrh on the cross, but he did not take it because it would have, it would have reduced his pain. But myrrh was the, was the spice that was used to, to embalm bodies and put them into the tombs. So the Magi themselves were demonstrating Jesus' life and whom he was called to be on this earth. I am saying to you today, look for the signs. The angel said to the shepherds, look for the sign. I want to say to you that I don't know if you've read this, but astronomers are talking about this year being a very crucial and important year for two major planets. December 21st is typically a a day that is, it's the first day of winter, and it's, it's typically the shortest day of the year. It's dark, it's short. But this December, I want you to watch out. Look for the signs. Look in the heavens. This year, Saturn and Jupiter are going to align so incredibly uh, fit, so incredibly perfectly be aligned that they will be the brightest that they have been since the year 1623. And Jupiter, when it aligns with Saturn, is described as the Christmas star. So this year, I encourage you to watch out December 21st. When these two planets align, we are going to see a Christmas star like we've not seen in centuries. And as I said before, the glory of the Lord is about to come on the earth. So welcome Jesus. Welcome Jesus this year with an expectation of the glory of God. I want to say today that we need to start to move and move in the way of the supernatural and be open to it. From the very beginning of Jesus' life, he moved in supernatural and right through to him going back to heaven. And I declare today that we are a people whose new normal is the supernatural prophetic realm of God. That we will walk in the supernatural. we We will have our being in the supernatural. That we will exist in the supernatural as it is the normal way of life. I want to encourage you today to expect. I've had many, many uh, encounters. I've had encounters with angels and yes, they didn't have halos and wings and all of that. Heaven speaks about the ones who carry wings, who have wings. But I've had encounters with angels. I've seen God move in supernatural ways from me in my life. And I want to say to you today, that we are entering a new realm. Position yourself and welcome Jesus this year with an expectation of the glory of God coming down from heaven and shining all around. And when the glory of God comes, it's invasive. It does not stay in one place. It gets extended and it goes into different places like it did that night in that, in that field with the shepherds. So expect the supernatural to happen in your life. Expect the prophetic to be fulfilled. Expect symbolism to be established and to be demonstrated in your life. But most of all, expect, expect the glory of God to come this Christmas because that baby Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas is now our resurrected King who is going to make His entrance on the earth. And as we receive Jesus this Christmas, let us remember our relationship with Jesus, getting close to Him, Walking in the supernatural realm, but also preparing for His return. Because our King and our Priest is definitely going to return as He says. So this Christmas, I want you to believe for glory, to believe for the supernatural, and to believe that Jesus Christ is with us by His Holy Spirit. And He will never leave us. His presence is always with us. I want you to take a moment right now where you are and just say, Jesus, I receive the supernatural. I receive signs and wonders. I receive the prophetic symbolism in my life, in my home, for my family, for my neighborhood, for my community, for my country. I receive it and I say, welcome Jesus. Welcome Jesus, come show us your glory. Come show us your glory. Come show us your glory. Wow. Whoa. Yes, God. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just stay in that place and expect the glory of God to come and overwhelm your home and your family, wherever you are. Expect it because Jesus Christ. The spirit of prophecy is a testimony to Jesus Christ. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions, and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.